Risk Management Imperatives for CFOs, in conversation with B. Ramakrishnan, CFO, Tata Consultancy Services, Anurag Mantri, Group CFO, Jindal Stainless, Mark Lewis, Head of Product Management, Corporate Treasury, Bloomberg. It hardly bears repeating that COVID-19 has altered the risk matrix for businesses. Global financial and commodity markets are yet to find a new equilibrium. This creates credit, liquidity, and price risks for treasury managers, procurement planners, and ultimately the CFO. Existing risk management frameworks could fall short, and there is a need to re-examine assumptions and best practices in this regard. At a recent India CFO Forum webinar, V. Ramakrishnan, CFO at Tata Consultancy Services, Anurag Mantri, Group CFO at Jindal Stainless, and Mark Lewis, Head of Product Management, Corporate Treasury at Bloomberg, explored these issues and looked at possible risk management solutions for a post-COVID world. TCS, Risk Management in the New Normal, Export-Oriented IT Major Tata Consultancy Services, TCS, generates 90-95% to of its business in foreign currencies. This creates major exposure to translation and transaction risks. To effectively manage these, TCS aims to ensure standardized and consistent policy implementation, as well as active governance, which prevents arbitrary actions being taken at any level, senior or junior. Policy consistency implies that one should neither try to game the market nor ride currency movements, but instead set up strong hedging systems. TCS prefers to use plain vanilla options, which effectively protect the downside while allowing it to participate in the upside. Continuous sensitivity analysis of past data is critical to understanding how the strategy works in strengthening of safeguarding profits and the underlying transaction rates. TCS is a profitable business with close to 800 billion rupees of funds, including corporate and trust funds, currently under management. Such huge sums demand a balanced risk management approach, one that combines safety, liquidity, and returns. With regard to interest rate earnings, the company's philosophy of stakeholder trusteeship precludes it from chasing higher rates at the expense of safety or liquidity. For this reason, it does not go merely by the available credit ratings, but conducts its own evaluation of each prospective instrument. To manage balance sheet risks, TCS hedges 100% of its receivables from the customer at the points where the transaction occurs and services are rendered. On the other hand, its cash flow hedging is a dynamic process that relies on an analysis of the underlying currency, the extent of exposure, the target rates at a particular time, and the cost to be incurred. The company balances out these factors, defines a hedging budget, and within that budget opts for a particular set of instruments. Cash flow hedging is reset every quarter and more frequently if volatility increases. TCS's ERP offers a highly digitalized environment and a clear real-time understanding of where the exposures lie, such as on cash flows. Additionally, it has developed its own software for treasury operations. It also uses multi-trading and multi-bank platforms, as well as proprietary platforms such as FXGo and FXAll. It is currently looking at several new internet-based platforms, but will use them only within strict guidelines. Jindal Stainless, Operational Prudence. For Jindal Stainless Limited, or JSL, risk management policies flow out of the broader organizational objectives. Asking the right questions also helps to manage many of the risks that impact the PNL and balance sheet. Before looking to hedge with financial instruments, the company looks to first exhaust all options for operational and commercial measures, many of which, in fact, are very effective at containing risk. JSL's approach is to identify the root cause of the risk, 
and then to assess whether this can be addressed intrinsically using operational and commercial tactics. Being one of India's largest manufacturers of stainless steel, the company purchases large quantities of nickel, typically in the form of stainless steel scrap. Scrap makes up 35% of its imports and is sourced mostly from the US, Canada, and Europe. Nickel is a highly volatile commodity, and to hedge against price risks, the company initially used nickel certificates, which came at a 1% premium. This had a significant cost-bearing, but by unpacking its exposures, it found new and cheaper ways to manage risks. Most importantly, it developed an automated system, which it deployed across its branches worldwide, to monitor the actual amount of nickel that needed to be purchased or hedged, based on real-time consumption and inventory matching. This allowed it to derive suitable range of nickel exposure and to control it when it got out of bounds. The system enables full transparency and access to real-time prices. ISL operates in a capital-intensive industry and the domestic demand for stainless steel usually exceeds supply. There is continuous pressure to ramp up capacity, but before doing so, the company always looks to manage balance sheet risks. Recently, owing to all the market uncertainty, it exercised its moratorium rights on its loan, extending its tenure to August 2020. A subsequent V-shaped demand recovery improved margins as well as sales volumes, generating large amounts of cash. Jindal was able to utilize the extra cash to prepay a part of its debt instead of reducing the loan tenure. This not only minimized its interest costs, but also created free cash flow headroom for the next financial year, thus mitigating its balance sheet risk while leaving space for capex once the debt is paid off over the next two years. Case Studies on Financial Risk Management In the early 2000s, industrial powerhouse General Electric, GE, had issued as much as $96 billion in commercial paper, or CP. In fact, it was one of the world's largest borrowers in the CP market, and thanks to its premium credit rating, its debt was viewed as zero risk. These borrowings were used to support GE's operations, including consumer credit, mortgages, and industrial lending. However, the 2008-2009 global financial crisis wiped out the CP market at a time when a quarter of GE's debts, about $200 billion, was funded via CP. At the time, GE accounted for about 4% of all the CPs outstanding in the U.S., but its access to credit suddenly dried up. Since then, it has been continuously running down its exposure to CP. GE's experience underlines how important it is to evaluate not just liquidity risk and cash flows, but also the type of debt markets in which a company operates. At German automotive major Daimler AG, interest in exchange rate risk management is underpinned by a deep understanding of the company's assets and liabilities in various currencies. Daimler continuously seeks to identify new low-cost sources of funding that can reduce its foreign exchange risk. Its preference is for funding sources that allow for currency swaps back into a currency or business, where the firm is looking to reduce risks. Daimler also works to match its debt profile with its interest rate risk profiles as well as the underlying assets of the business. Fortune 500 firm Constellation Brands previously followed a policy of hedging 80% of its foreign exchange risks. However, its reported numbers for foreign exchange gains and losses at both the business level and the group level, ignored the 20% unhedged element. A detailed diagnosis found that Constellation's hedging policy was actually creating risk at the group level. For instance, one of its U.S. companies with a European subsidiary might carry currency risk at the business unit level, but not at the group level. 
Hedging these risks ends up creating group-level exposures and is actually increasing overall risk, not reducing it. Risk management, general learnings. Typically, discussions between the Treasury Department and the Board revolve around setting an appropriate hedge percentage, and there is rarely much analysis around the impact on earnings or liquidity. However, it is important to quantify the diversification across entities and exposures while accounting for the impact of FX rate volatility on liquidity and earnings risk. Bloomberg's Cash Flow at Risk, CFAR, and Earnings at Risk, EAR, models align with the requirements of corporate treasurers. CFAR measures possible shortfalls in cash flow due to FX rate fluctuations that could impact a company's P&L and liquidity, while EAR is simply the value of earnings at risk due to fluctuations in FX rates. Assumption that treasurers can keep hedging cash flow exposures while considering the earnings at risk is not always true. Several factors drive the relationship between liquidity and earnings, including the corporate intercompany structure, the locations it operates in, and the policy around cash repatriation. Resultantly, rising cash flow hedges can sometimes increase the earnings risk and vice versa. For example, intercompany sales in a foreign currency put cash flow at risk for one or both entities. Third-party purchases in a currency that is not a functional currency of the entity or group will have both a CFAR and EAR. On the other hand, cash flows in the domestic currency of the entity, but not of the entire group, may have EAR but not CFAR. Since CFAR and EAR are data-dependent, having a suitable technology platform, such as Bloomberg's, that assesses the trade-off between CFAR and EAR is essential. Risk events can serve as learning opportunities, but only so long as the business is smart enough to implement the lessons learned and strengthen its risk management discipline. As business complexity and uncertainty increase, so do the associated risks and the difficulties in identifying and managing them. In these trying times, organizations must look to adopt dynamic risk management strategies. They must also deploy intelligent technologies that can enable them to access the required insights for strategic and informed decision-making. In general, to lock in the gains from upside movements in interest rates, companies should look to invest in financial instruments with shorter windows. On the other hand, from a borrowing perspective, they must look to protect themselves from upside movements by considering a variety of factors. Tenure, fixed and flexible interest rates, the need to have IRS, which depends on the risk profile, capex levels, and other relevant factors. Finally, from a people perspective, it is vital to remember that risk management is a highly specialized domain. In shortlisting who to onboard, it often helps for them to have a banking background. Risk managers must have both the aptitude and a flair for such work. Since risk appetite varies from individual to individual, what seems risky to one may not to another, it is vital to ensure alignment with the corporate objectives, as well as strict self-governance mechanisms. Finally, A robust back office can help keep effective records of all risk-related happenings.